0: Thanks for tuning in to our Neighborhood Church podcast. Join us on Sunday at any of our locations. To learn more about our church, visit neighborhoodchurch.com or download our church app. Happy Easter Sunday to you. My name is Mike, one of the pastors here, and I am so glad that you have come to celebrate with us the victorious resurrection of Jesus. Oh, what it must have been like on that first day uh, we can read about it all through the gospel accounts, and if you want to know a place to go to really get excited, I'll share some this morning, is Luke chapter 24. But on that day, like those women who went to the tomb, as the Bible records in Luke 24, verses 1 to 12, see, a lot had happened this past week. Palm Sunday, Jesus had ridden into Jerusalem with palms flying and people shouting out what we just sang, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They thought Jesus was gonna set up his kingdom right then and there. Well, it turned out to be not quite that way this week. There was back and forth of Jesus traveling in and out of Jerusalem. The Pharisees were getting upset and they were plotting against him. Finally, they realized they gotta get rid of him. Judas had made a pact with them to betray him. They went to the upper room. And as we celebrated here, Monday, Thursday, this time where Jesus celebrated the Passover in the upper room, Jesus is washing the disciples' feet. He even washed the feet of his betrayer, Judas, as he went out and sold out where Jesus was going to go next. Because after dinner, they went out to the garden, the garden of Gethsemane. And it was a terrible night of, of, of early morning of prayer and that. And then Judas comes, betrays Jesus, and he's hauled off. And all through Friday, we call it Good Friday. It doesn't seem very good because it was horrible, the things that happened Jesus beaten, scourged, whipped, punched, crowned the thorns on his head and strung up on a cross to suffocate to death. And then he breathed his last. And was taken, rushed to a tomb because Sabbath was coming. Broken, struggling, questioning everything, feeling disillusioned. The disciples and the follower of Jesus must have felt. But here on that morning, these women come to the tomb. They, they're carrying spices because they really didn't have a chance to anoint Jesus' body as a normal burial. And so they get to the grave and the grave somehow is rolled open and there's nothing inside, no body, no Jesus, just a cloth laying there. They see a couple of men kind of dazzling. They, I guess they're angels. They said, hey, why are you looking For the living among the dead, he is risen. risen And they get excited about that and they run off to the disciples. The disciples can't believe it. And Peter and John just take off. They take off towards the the tomb and John recounts as he gets there first. He steps there and looks into the the tomb and and Peter just blazes by. He sees all it is. Peter wonders at what goes on and John looks it says he believes in john chapter 20 verse 11 that word believe means he gets it it finally sunk in everything all the planets aligned all the things that jesus said aligned and he believed jesus has his lord and his savior and that despite what seemed tragic because john held on to jesus in faith there was triumph Well, that wasn't all, as you read down in Luke chapter 24, verses 13, now to 35, two people are walking away from Jerusalem on the road to Emmaus. And they're walking along and they're talking and all of a sudden someone just seems to be with them. Hey, where did he come from? And as they're walking along there, they begin to talk and the person who kind of showed up says, What are you guys talking about? And they say, have you lived under a rock and you don't know what's happened in Jerusalem? This person who claimed to be Messiah and and we thought he was going to take over and that he's died in a tomb. And this person who comes alongside these two in the road to Emmaus begins to talk about scripture and goes through the Old Testament and begins to talk about how all of that talks about Messiah and how Messiah will come and bring victory through this amazing king that we call Messiah when we move under his leadership. And then as Luke goes on in verse 24, chapter 24, verses now 36 to 49, uh, the disciples are all huddled in the upper room and all of a sudden, whoosh, Jesus is there. They think a little afraid, but they begin to hear him talk. And they realize this is Jesus. They can't believe it. They can't believe it. He really has risen from the dead. All the disciples were excited except Thomas, who wasn't there. And as John chapter 20, verses 24 to 29 talk about, he says, unless I see the nail prints in his hand and the sword pierced in his side, I will not believe. Eight days later, the disciples are in the upper room. Jesus appears. And he walks right up to Thomas and says, look, look. Thomas drops to his knees and says, my Lord and my God. You see, Jesus is the answer to life's doubts and struggles. Hundreds of people saw Jesus alive. Even 500 at one time, as First Corinthians fifteen six says, Jesus is alive. He is risen. I love S.M. Lockridge. As he talks of Jesus, he says this. I wish I could say it like he does, but the Pharisees couldn't stand him. They found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. The witnesses couldn't get their testimonies to agree. And Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him. And the grave couldn't hold him. Woo, he is risen. risen. Yeah, and Jesus' resurrection is proof positive of who Jesus is, affirms what Jesus has done for us and validates where Jesus is leading us. Jesus is the Messiah King. Jesus is the answer for life and Jesus is the way to go. For the triumph of Jesus' resurrection allows us victory as we hold on to him. He is risen. Well, the Apostle Paul, he came to know Jesus in faith a little bit later. And he came to be one of the most influential writers and followers of Jesus. Actually, he wrote most of the New Testament. Paul encouraged many as he interacted with them and where he taught them about Jesus and his way of life. Paul also wrote letters that he sent to churches. One letter to a struggling gathering of believers, the church in Rome, he challenges them to hold on to Jesus's victory. We read a portion of that scripture. I'd like for us to read it again. Just would you mind standing as we read this, this portion of scripture found in Romans chapter eight, verses 31, let me read it just 31 to 34 this time. And what, what then shall we say of these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Jesus is the one who died more than that, who is raised and who is at the right hand of God, who intercedes for us. Will you pray with me? Father God, as we celebrate the resurrection along with those in that first saw you alive. We celebrate many thousands of years later, but we are excited still the same. You are alive and you had victory over death and created victory over sin, and we stand victorious knowing that we share in that victory. God, this morning as we delve into that a little bit and understand that victory. God, may we live that victorious life. Encourage us and challenge us as we take a look in your word, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can have a seat. We're going to be looking at a few of the verses later in Romans chapter 8, verses 37 to 39. <clears throat> and we're going to look at three victory victory-giving truths of Jesus to hold on to. For the triumph of Jesus's resurrection allows us victory as we hold on to him. Now, I want to encourage you to uh, take out the uh, worship folder that you were given. If you're online, this is found online somewhere. You can either, I think a QR code might pop up to get you there, or just go to the website and you'll find this, or just take out a piece of paper and write some of these notes down. Uh, there, I'm going to share a lot of different verses, and my hopes is is that you would use those verses uh, later on in study. As you kind of look at this idea of the resurrection, idea of the power of the resurrection, you can also pick up one of our study guides which is in the lobby area. If you go out these double doors and turn left, there's a resource desk there. Uh, It's also found online. These are there, and I encourage you that. And we do want you to study on throughout the week, and we've put a section in our website called Revive. In there, there's a number of resources that will help you as you study, and also uh, we have a podcast that was mentioned in the video that we uh, share most every week where we delve a little deeper in what we talk about. But the Roman church was struggling, These followers of Jesus were persecuted. Uh, There was also a racial divide in the church and life in Rome was difficult. And so Paul encourages them to hold on to the victory we have in our Lord Jesus. Three victory giving truths of Jesus to hold on to. The first is to hold on to who Jesus is. Look at verse 37 of Romans chapter eight. Now in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. These things are all the Roman church had been enduring. Uh, we read them earlier before when, it, when we read about in verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, or famine, or nakedness? Now that's, that's not naked nakedness. That means without resources. Just hold that in your thought. Or danger or sword, as it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long we are regarded as sheep to slaughter. That actually, verse 36, is a quote from Psalm 44, verse 22, saying life is full of difficulty. In our day, we might say it's pandemic issues or inflation or political turmoil or medical struggles or relationship mishaps or emotional struggles or just plain life. And yet the answer is not to just survive in life, but to thrive by holding on to Jesus who conquered death. Uh, b- before Jesus died and was resurrected, the religious leaders asked who Jesus was. Uh, one particular part is found in the gospel of Mark, chapter 14, verses 53 to 56. It's the passage right before the first streaker in the Bible. Now, some of you are going, where is that verse? It's in there, honest, look it up sometime. <clears throat> but Jesus is questioned by the religious leaders and and, and, and they finally ask Jesus, if he is the Christ, the Messiah, this one that will come and be the king, actually God's son, God himself. And here is what Jesus says. Mark chapter 14, verse 62. And Jesus said, I am. And you will see the son of man seated at the right hand of power and coming with the the clouds of heaven. The religious leaders flipped out. And condemned Jesus to death because of his blasphemy. Because he, being a man, now claims to be God. Claims to be Messiah. Claims to be the one true one that they've been waiting for. And he couldn't be, they thought. Well, Jesus did die. But he didn't stay dead. (laughs) He rose, validating and verifying Jesus is Messiah. He is Lord. He is the King. And one of, the, one of Jesus' main actions as king is to set us free because Jesus can. He can free us from whatever oppresses us. Romans 8.31, we read it before. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? The choice for us is to hold on to faith in who Jesus is. <clears throat> I have a, um, uh, any of you have any foreign money? like money from a different country? I have a wallet and I, and I keep a lot of foreign money in my wallet. Now, if you look at it, it just looks kind of like play money, doesn't it? Sometimes you get, uh, somebody will hand you a bill from another country and you go, oh, wow, it looks like play money because you don't know its value. Actually, in these bills here, there are some bills that are worth less than a penny U.S., there's actually one bill in here that is worth well over $100 US. But unless you know its value, it's worthless to you. Uh, and, and you really don't know how to spend it. If you knew the value, maybe you could turn it in and, and actually get the, the, the value for of, of money you could use here or you could go to that country and actually use it there. Well, it's the same with Jesus. If you don't know who he is, you don't really understand his value, and he becomes just kind of like uh, play money, like oh, you know, kind of fun to look at, and wow, well, look at the interesting pictures. But yet, it doesn't have any value because you really don't know him. So let's learn of his value, and in faith, enjoy all that Jesus brings to us. Now we learn. Of Jesus' value, both both through information and experience. Second Peter, chapter one, verse three says this: His divine power has granted to us all things pertaining to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence. It's through the knowledge of God, through knowing who He is. We know through both through information. That's why we encourage people to read their Bibles, whether they're electronic or paper, they're both good. You can read God's word and and, and understand and know it is his revelation of himself to us. We can learn about God through that way, but also through experience by living out the truths he claims in this word and practicing them, practicing our faith. One truth that happened on this day is that Jesus rose from the dead to let that victory uh, move in our lives and to live triumphant. For the triumph of Jesus' resurrection allows us victory as we hold on to him. So know him better. I, I encourage you to jump into this next series. It's a series in it's, it's It's called, the subtitle is God is bigger than you think. The Bible book of Psalms is an amazing one that shows us all about God. And we're going to be looking at the last Part of the Bible book of Psalms. It's called Book Five. I think you'll be encouraged by that starting next week. Well, the next of these three uh, victory giving truths of Jesus is to hold on to what Jesus does. Look again at verse 37 of Romans 8. Know in all these things we are more than conquerors through whom He loved us. To be more than conquerors is to be super victorious. Jesus gives us victory in life. The ravaging of sin is stopped by Jesus and the resurrection proves it. Uh, Back to 1 Peter, now chapter two, verse 24. It says, he, that's Jesus himself, bore our sins on on his body, on the tree. The tree is the cross. That we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, we are healed. That's a quote from Isaiah 53. Jesus paid our fine. It would be like if I got a traffic ticket and you said, oh, Mike, let me pay that for you. I go, really? It's $400. I ran a red light. I think it's more now. I think it's like $500. No, no, no. I really want to pay it. Well, you can't afford it. I don't care. I want to pay it for you. Jesus' payment of our violations keeps going. See, when he was on that cross, that Friday evening, just before Sabbath started, the sky went dark Uh, he looked up and said, it is finished. The word is telestoy. It means we won. It's a victory cry of Jesus that it is finished. All of our sin, past, present, and future are paid for on the cross. It is complete. It is done. It is finished. And we now are free to live right to live life God's way. See, see, living Jesus' victory is a choice to live God's right way. Now, sure, God's way is tough at times, for it's different from the way of the world. God's way says, love your enemies, be generous, go to church, be selfless. But we can be more than conquerors, meaning we can be super victorious. It's a, hundred and fifty four to six basketball win beyond the scope of what is a regular victory because Jesus is right with us fighting for us turning tragedy into triumph Israel uh, the nation of Israel uh, was being in bondage in Egypt long long ago and and God released them we celebrated some of that and learned that story on Thursday when we learned of the Passover and talk through that. And they're freed from Egypt. Finally, they got let go and they were walking out towards the Red Sea. And the sea was there and the, as the Egyptian army was behind them. And they began to complain to Moses, what have you done? You've brought us out into the desert to die. We're now we're gonna die at the hand of the Egyptians. And Jesus, Moses says to them to encourage them in Exodus chapter 14, verse 14, he says, the Lord will fight for you. You only have to be silent. Boy, some of us need to just have that verse written somewhere where we see it all the the time because we feel the battle. We feel the battle kind of coming towards us and there's no way out. The Lord will fight for you. When you come under his realm, under his rule, the Lord will fight for you. This victory is not that we will be free of struggles. But the Lord will take the struggles, the hardships, the broken relationships, the financial issues, the medical problems, the hurtful situations, the emotional struggles, even the grief. And he would turn these trashy realities in our life into triumph, working them into something amazing. He will upcycle them. You know what upcycling is? It's not cycling up a hill. It's take off from the word recycle, but upcycle. It's taking trash and making it into something amazing. It's kind of like, a, a, the, you're wondering what I had on the, the, the display table, prop table today. But here is a, here's a coin purse made out of discarded uh, measuring tapes. Isn't that kind of cool? Looks kind of neat. Over here is a, a, a bunch of uh, cloths made out of discarded bamboo. They figured they would upcycle it into something useful. And then here in the middle, These are cookies. (laughs) Now I haven't tasted them yet, so I can't attest to that. But it even says up here, upcycled. They're upcycled from almost getting ready to be trashed okra. They made something amazing out of okra, discarded okra. Man, if they can do that with cookies, what can Jesus do with the tragedies in our life, right? I mean, come on. But the truth is Jesus does that. He takes the trashy situations of our lives and he turns them into something useful. Oh, Romans eight twenty eight, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. That's God's good. In line with his plan and his purpose, that's victory. That's what Jesus does. And his resurrection proves Jesus' victory. For if Jesus can raise from the dead, he can certainly turn our trashy situations into triumph. The triumph of Jesus' resurrection allows us victory as we hold on to him. One more. Victory-giving truth of Jesus to hold on to is to hold on to where Jesus is leading. Look now at verse 38 to 39 of Romans chapter eight. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of Christ, love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. In Christ, meaning with who he is, with what he has done. And our holding on to him in faith is what engages that. And there is answers to life's questions. Jesus is the answer to our disconnect from God. You see, the unfortunate reality is we are born disconnected to God. Isaiah 59 verse two says that our iniquities have separated us. Our sin has separated us from God. We're born that way. But yet Jesus leads to a connection with God because all the sin of the world was dumped on him on the cross. And all we need to do is to step into faith. See, that's what Jesus came for. That's what he died for. Not only to show us how to relate to God, but to take the penalty for sin on the cross. And so as he was there, up there, all the sin of the humanity was dumped on him and he paid it in full to tell a story. And all we need to do is to reach out in faith and accept that, that we're sinful, that we need a savior and it's Jesus. And I wanna encourage you, if you have not yet made that choice of faith, explore that more. That's why we've created uh, these packets. They're just next step packs. They'll be at the uh, doors as you leave or they're on a table at these double doors. Turn left, there's a resource table there. They'll be there. Uh, if you're online and you want to receive one, just email me. My email's on there. You can look at, it at the website and I'll send you one. We need to follow Jesus' lead and stay connected to God. Jesus also is the answer to loneliness. Jesus leads us to a family-like connection with him and with others. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 says that he will never leave us or forsake us. I love how 1 Peter again <clears throat> puts it this way in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 to 10, he says, when we come to that step of faith, he says that we now enter into a family and you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own possession, that you might proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you received mercy. So why not follow him? He has the answers. He's the answer to our loneliness. The answer to our disconnect from God. and he, he is the answer to purposelessness. Jesus leads us into a life with purpose and meaning and significance and fulfillment. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for prosperity. Actually, that's the Hebrew word shalom. It means not only prosperity. It means good things, fulfillment in life, that you will have a life that is full And as it was meant to be, not for calamity to give us a a future and a hope, God has plans. And as Psalm 139 verse 16 says, they are written out. I, I love Psalm 57 too. It says, I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. So follow him. And all this is life in Christ. Why not let him lead us? let him upcycle us to an important part of the kingdom. Jesus's resurrection verifies and gives an example of this. Here was a dead body that got upcycled into Jesus very alive. See triumph, uh, the triumph of Jesus's resurrection allows us victory as we hold on to him. The victory of Jesus is real. He is risen. yes, resurrected from the dead, witnessed by hundreds. Let that truth inspire you. Hold on to Jesus' victory. Hold on to who Jesus is, to what Jesus does. Hold on to where Jesus is leading for the triumph of Jesus' resurrection allows us victory as we hold on to him. Oh, my encouragement for you this Easter Sunday is to make sure, first of all, that you've come to that wonderful reality of knowing Jesus as your Savior and your Lord. Pick up those packets. If there's any way we can help you in in faith, that connection card that John talked about earlier, uh, put your information on that, say check a box or or write in their head, I'd like to talk to somebody about my faith and we would love to interact with you. Will you pray with me? Father God, I, I just thank you on this Easter Sunday that we can come and celebrate the reality of the resurrection, that you truly did walk out of that grave and that you allow us to walk out of the deathful, graveful situations that we're in. God, help us to, to let that truth empower us and embolden us and encourage us. As we move on in our celebration of Easter today, we pray in the name of Jesus, amen.